Hey friends, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Grease Alves and our show talks about stories and struggles and life circumstances that we recover from or that we have the resilience and just the opportunity to walk through the pain and then come out on the other side recovering a purpose and something that we can offer then to the world as a beneficial presence. And today the topic is my rants on what really being a good girl means versus a badass girl and what that does to my psyche. I can cringe at the words, oh, she's such a good girl, because I think that's not very beneficial in general to anyone. Why? First of all, you know, when you have to be I believe it's part of this operating systems and social programming, human conditioning, um, and it can turn into a survival habit. Now, why? Um, Growing up thinking that you have to be a good girl in order to be accepted and um, and a winner and, oh, the bad girls over there aren't really very good. I, you know, always kind of had this feeling that I could never really measure up. I don't know how this sounds to anybody else out there, but what is the definition of a good girl? First of all, I think it implies that you're bad and that you have to do specific things in order to get your bad self to be good and approved and um, included. And it's really just to control behavior, I think. Um, who knows who started it, who knows how it worked out, but it didn't work out for me, which is why I'm sitting here talking about this in Tales of Recovery. I wrote a few things about what implies that you're a good girl, right? If you're a good girl, you're thin, you're pretty, you're quiet, you're polite, you have this perfect look, perfect grades, you are living for others, you're very educated, you're the fastest in this, you're um, you know, you you're, you don't really speak up too much and you're not loud and you're just kind of uh, allowing everybody else to go ahead of you and a little too overkill on the passivity. I looked up an urban dictionary. Well, I just Googled. Okay, let's just Google what good girl is or what a bad girl is. And the first thing that pops up on Urban Dictionary was hilarious because it says there that, um, well, two things, two things that I found were interesting is that the first thing that a good girl definition said is a girl who's a virgin by choice until she gets married. Okay, whatever. And then the second part was a bad girl that has never been caught. (laughs) Okay, you see, there's my point. Everybody is not a good girl. What Everybody's a bad girl, but they didn't get caught. And the definition of a badass, to me, is somebody who's a, like a revolutionary. The resistance, <laughs> you know, you're fighting against the machine, you're strong, you're assertive, you ask for what you need, you take care of business how you need to, you know, when it needs to be taken care of. Not that a good girl can't do that, but I'm trying to make a point here on what this does to your psyche or at least what it did to mine and what I see in a lot of the women that I work with and a lot of the women that I have um, 
meditation circles with or the women that are doing my workshops and that are my clients in the wellness community, it's something that if you can surpass, you've made it. If you can get past being this good girl baloney and now you're like the strong, independent, badass woman, then it's like, cool. You know, you've, uh, you've figured this out. You're in. The problem with this is when you're little, it's hard to do that. Even as I grew up being a bad girl, because I thought, screw this good girl bullshit. It's too hard, number one. Um, I don't really like what I have to do to be the good girl. I don't know. Everybody has their story. My story is, you know, I'm in um, this kind of like Mexican sort of conservative, not too much, but um, semi... Catholic family, blah, blah, blah. And so the main thing is, you know, you have to wear these certain outfits and you have to act a particular way and you have to look for a nice husband who will support you and don't be too loud and crazy. And why is your hair pink? And why are you in a rock band? You're supposed to be over here studying painting and doing something um, less exciting, less um, dangerous. Do not ever get on the motorcycle with that kid uh, or the with the bad boys and don't smoke and don't, I mean, all these don't, don't, don't things, not in particularly having an explanation that, hey, this could be hazardous to your health. Maybe you could wear a helmet and possibly smoking can give you lung cancer. No, it's only because what will people think? It doesn't look good. You will ruin your reputation. No one will ever marry you or hire you or ask you to come to any of the parties because you're a disaster. That was the way I read the message. And who cares about, you know, just growing up to be married to some rich husband? I mean, you want to find somebody that's your best friend, right? That you can hang with and chill with. And if it works out, amazing. But that shouldn't be the life goal of having a preparation of being good so that this can happen. And I began rebelling against this because I think my internal higher self knew that this was BS, and of course, I could not conform to the societal um, requisites that my family wanted or that the culture that I was in. And yeah, I rode in the motorcycle, on the back of the motorcycle with the bad boys and went off to you know, ride horses with um, friends without telling anybody else and also started drinking at a young age because... Partying was a way for me to be able to relax and embody my feelings and, you know, get away from that rigidity of having to be this good girl. The problem is, even though I did everything that I wanted and I did paint my hair pink and I did have a rock band and I did do everything I wanted to do and travel and had amazing friends and conversations and just I was going to rule the world, in the back of my mind, the programming was... This is kind of bad because you're not being a good girl. And I think it has, you know, an effect of not liberating who you really came to be, who I really came to be. And, you know, fast forward, I go into recovery and I get sober and I start doing a lot of therapy work and retreats and meditations and you know, you start to learn and you start to heal and you start to remember and you start to recover what you've always known was right, which was that being a good girl was a bunch of bullshit. We're just humans. 
I'm a person and I have needs and I have um, rights and desires and I want to have boundaries. But is that good? Is that not good? And even though I was in, you know, recovery and learning so many amazing things and I met my husband there and super fun friends and I began to be okay with speaking my voice because I spoke it even when I was drinking, but I just had so much guilt about it. And as I, as I began to just kind of find the freedom and owning who I was, um, years into it, years into it, it's so hard to get rid of this good girl programming because even, you know, after eight or 10 years or whatever, being in these meetings, uh, we ended up moving to San Diego and we ended up trying to find a church cause we'd had a baby. And I guess we just thought that was the right thing to do back then. And boom, we end up in this, um, church community, this Christian community for many, many years. And there I thought, well, now I'm good again. Okay. Now I have the kids and now we have the husband and now we go on Sundays to church and we check the box of being the good girl. And I didn't sit, you know, think that exactly literally, but this was the subconscious programming. If I go to church and I check the box and I do this and I go to these meetings and I help, you know, prepare this party and I serve here and I serve there, I feel good because I'm pleasing and I'm a good girl and I'm going to be a good girl in God's eyes and everything's going to be perfect. And no, no, that ended up being an empty bucket as well. And so here I go again in this loop of recovering again. What I've always known is, you know, I can speak up and I can stand up and ask for my needs and treat others, of course, as I like to be treated, but I don't need to conform and, um, pretend that I belong to this group just because I want to be good. Because what happens is really to be the good girl means you do whatever it takes to be accepted because it's a behavioral pattern of acceptance. If I'm a good girl, my mom and dad will approve. If I'm a good girl, the teachers will approve. If I'm a good girl, I won't go to jail. Um, That's a bit of an extreme, but I'm trying to make a point here. And what happens is, you know, when when you're not being this badass or rebellion person, you lose your voice. This training into being a good girl makes you lose your voice, makes you turn into a people pleaser. You know, and I, you know, you end up asking for permission to live, asking for permission to see, hey, are my choices okay? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Do you think that's okay? It creates this sick cycle of perfectionism because you're constantly trying to perform to be good, to be good, to be good, because this is what you've been told to do since you were young. And I want to have, you know, an open-hearted awareness of who I am as a human being in a woman body, but not some programmed social concept. And I have this book that I got for, um, for my daughter this Christmas and for my niece, whom I really, really love and adore, and I want them to have a different experience. Even, you know, my sister, my cousin, and I have a different experience than my mom and her, you know, generation after generation. And there's a little bit more of a progressive breakthrough, I hope, I would hope, of this programming and a lot more opportunity. And it all depends on the strength that you're born with, whether you want to fight or whether you want to just not fight. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter because I know that there's more, that I know that there could be better, and I want more for me and for everybody else. And I want to be able to spread this, um, I guess, this excitement that I have for healing and recovery. 
And so I got my daughter and my niece this book called I Am an Emotional Creature. And there's a very interesting page here at the end that I want to read um, about kind of what I'm talking about here. I think it's kind of interesting because this chick is writing stories about a lot of teenage girls all over the world and the manifesto to young women and girls. She starts with saying, here's what you will be told. And I'll tell you, the author is Eve Ensler. Uh, the book is called I Am an Emotional Creature. This is what you will be told, she says, to women. Find a man. Seek protection. The world is scary. Don't go out. You are weak. Don't care so much. They're only animals. Don't be so intense. Ooh, I got that a lot. Don't cry so much. You can't trust anyone. Don't talk to strangers. People will take advantage of you. Close your legs. Girls aren't good with numbers. Facts. Making difficult decisions. Lifting things. Putting things together. Flying planes. Being in charge. If he rapes you, surrender. You will get killed trying to defend yourself. Don't travel alone. You are nothing without a man. Don't make the first move. Wait for him to notice you. Don't be too loud. Follow the crowd. Don't know too much. Tone it down. Find someone rich. It's how you look that matters, not what you think. Okay, I was reading this going, holy crap. I think, you know, I was told 82% of those things. And then she goes on to say, here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. This is Eve Ensler writing. Everyone's making everything up. <laughs> there is no one in charge except for those who pretend to be. No one is coming. No one is going to rescue you. Mind read your needs. Know your body better than you. Always fight back. Ask for it. Say you want it. Cherish your solitude. Take trains by yourself to places you have never been. Sleep out alone under the stars. Learn how to drive a stick shift. Go so far away that you stop being afraid of not coming back. Say no when you don't want to do something. Woo -woo. Can I hear an amen? Say yes if your instincts are strong, even if everyone around you disagrees. Decide whether you want to be liked or admired. Decide if fitting in is more important than finding out what you're doing here. Believe in kissing. Fight for tenderness. Care as much as you do. Cry as much as you want. Insist the world be theater and love the drama. Take your time. Move as fast as you do, as long as it's your speed. And ask yourself these questions. Why am I whispering when I have something to say? Why am I adding a question mark at the end of all my sentences? Why am I apologizing every time I express my needs? Why am I hunching over? Starving myself when I love food, pretending it doesn't mean that much to me, hurting myself when I mean to scream. Why am I waiting, whining, pinning, fitting in? You know the truth, she says. Sometimes it does hurt that much. Horses can feel love. Your mother wanted more than that. It's easier to be mean than smart. But that isn't who you are. Now, this chick is a good writer. And I really hope that my daughter 
has a different opportunity that I can empower her and encourage her to to be a badass, to be a revolutionary, to ask for what she wants, you know, and to have um, the courage and the self-love to step into this knowing that it's not about your behavior, it's about who you are. And that's why I'd rather be a badass. <laughs> um, I think we all are badasses, to be honest. And uh, the good girls want to be a badass, deep down, deep down. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery. I just thought, you know, it'd be really important to just kind of ponder on this and see whether or not this rings a bell and how you hold on to shame or guilt or this perfectionism thing of never being enough. Because this whole you are enough, you are enough, you are enough comes because we don't think we're enough because we're not the freaking good girl that we're supposed to be. Or the good guy, if you're a guy listening. So screw that bullshit. We're badasses, we're humans, we, can, we have a voice, we have a purpose here in life, we have something to do. And as long as we're treating others as we want to be treated... And, you know, with infinite compassion for all the trauma we have to go to. And then, you know, infinite compassion for others as well. It's, um, it's a good recovery process. It's going to be a good road ahead. All right, badasses. Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery. We'll see you next time.